What's up, everybody? So excited to have one of my dear friends here, Mr. Dallas Reagan. We're so excited to have him on. I'm going to just have him talk about a little bit about himself before we get started. <laughs> well, um, I'm originally from Springfield, Missouri. Me and KB met in uh, 2020 at college <laughs> yeah. when she came in. Uh, she didn't like me at first, but that's besides the point. That is not true. There's a whole story behind it, but it was also, it was a lot. Let's just skip over that. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll have time for that today, okay? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm born and raised in Springfield, Missouri. Got my bachelor's degree in biblical studies with a minor in youth ministry, and I'm working on a master's in theological studies of theological studies. Yeah. So it's like master's of arts and theological studies. Yeah. But anyways, the point is, um, Dallas is a really good friend of mine. He's incredibly smart. Um, it makes no sense how smart this man is. Dallas is now transitioning into a youth pastor position. And so even though he's been doing it for a little bit, it's still pretty nice because it has been a big transition. He's been transitioning all sorts of his life. <laughs> he just got recently got married, graduated school. He graduated without even graduating. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's just been started. <laughs> it's just been a, a lot of stuff. He's been transit. He left Missouri, moved to Tennessee. He moved from the city, moved to the country. It's just been a lot of like. She says country. She means country, country. Like, we got 5,000 people in the town. Yeah, I know. He moved from. A very, very small. It's been different. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit because I know just obeying God to follow your call and both uh, not just in a sense of ministry, but in marriage as well. Mm -hmm. You have to move from one place to the next. And that's hard. That's not mm -hmm. that's not easy. And I know there's been a lot of sacrifices in that, but there's also been it doesn't always look like the way you want it to look like. So I don't know. You can kind of just. Go from there and talk about how you've transitioned here recently. Yeah, I'll, I'll start with um, kind of how God told me. So originally, uh, I was working with a youth group here in Springfield, Missouri, and uh, I took them to youth camp with the youth pastors there. And when we were at camp, it was probably the third night, I, I'm sitting back, they're all up worshiping, and I'm just praying to God because I had felt some kind of transition coming and I'd been praying and asking him and just in like my eyes are closed and just in like big white bold letters I see Tennessee. I was like, I literally was like, are you sure God? <laughs> like, is that a thing that, are, are you sure? <laughs> That's what everybody asks. God, I, I mean, I get your God, but are you sure? <laughs> it's like, I know that you know all things, but. Really? <laughs> yeah. So I I questioned a little bit, but I got home from camp and went went and told my family that I was expecting to move. And it, it wasn't it wasn't a slow move. It was in like two months from the time I got told I was like I'm moving in August, and that didn't go over the best. Where there was a lot of tears, lot lot of heartache because. Me and my family were really, really close. We'd been through a lot together. And so we, I got to that. Two months later, I moved to Tennessee. And my my girl, then girlfriend, now wife, 
lived in the town where I was going, and I actually transitioned to become the youth pastor at her parents' church plant. So when I moved down there, one, we weren't even married yet, so I'm living in a little 325-square-foot apartment. It was bursting at the seams with just my recliner in it. Yeah. And there, there was some... There was some rough times because I, I literally went from having, like I said, I was born and raised in this town and I went from that to Tennessee and in two months, I, all my mentors were in Springfield. My family was in Springfield. All of my friends, I literally left and the only people I had was Sarah and my wife and, uh, her family. And so it, it was really rough. I didn't, I didn't have friends for a while because my uh, my job was with a 50-year-old man doing handyman stuff. So it, w- it wasn't the best environment to make some friends. Yeah. It must have been definitely like a, a lonely, what we would call a lonely season because you're you're definitely trying to find out um, how to move to the next step or you're trying to make these friends and nobody's coming around. So you feel alone, like even though you had Sarah and everything, but it's different well, when you have... Yeah, like I said, it, it was a really small town that I moved to. And so it, there wasn't... the There was... My youth group consisted of three people at the time. <laughs> We're up to five. Woo. <laughs> and, and so I had my youth students. And then the next oldest person in the church besides Sarah was 35, 40. And then the other ones all the way up to their 70s. Yeah, that's hard... I think that's a hard spot for you to get into, to it. And for me, I mean, personally, it makes you question God even more. Like, God, you sent me to a place with nobody. Yeah, no, it, it really happened because I was sitting there. I'm like, God, I have no friends. Like, I have Sarah. I went from having um five really, really close friends and then other friends that I'd grown up with to just having Sarah. Yeah. And I, I, that was hard for me on the opposite side. I mean, I wasn't in the situation that he was like leaving, but I didn't know he was leaving until I moved back here. And I'm like, moved into an apartment, everything. And he's like, hey, I'm going to Tennessee. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, we were supposed to hang out a lot because yeah, we, we were going to, we're pursuing the same degree. So we had to, we were planning on going to school together and, yeah. and having a lot of library time. We were supposed to like do the thing together. So I, I just remember you being like, well, I'm leaving. And I just, I personally felt like, what am I going to do? Like, you know, so I can only imagine how you felt. And I mean, the five people he's talked about, that's really close. That was, it was a core group of us that spent every day, every night. Oh no, they were over here at my mom's house in the basement every day. like Watching we, movies. We were watching movies, doing homework, playing board games, just goofing off and we were together every single but day. But all of it happened at one time. So we all graduated. We did, went different places. And it was unlike every semester. So mm-hmm. where we'd come back, this time nobody came back. And everybody was leaving. And later on that year, one of our friends ended up dropping out of school and leaving. And so I felt like I didn't have really anybody who understood what I was like going through, except like maybe two people. Mm-hmm. So that was like hard for me that was a big transition for me for you leaving so I can only imagine how it felt you leaving everything behind and moving somewhere into the unknown oh yeah no I will say one thing I really miss is not having to drive 40 
30 to 40 minutes to find a Walmart. Yeah. But, Welcome to the country. Yeah, you know? the country. <laughs> no, and I I really like, when I think of transitioning, I think of David. Mm-hmm. Because David started out in one place and ended up in a whole different... I, I'm pretty sure David never in a million years thought he was going to leave from being a shepherd, uh, like a shepherd boy, taking care of all these sheep and knowing these sheep all the way to someone that was going to fight Goliath, someone that was going to become a king. Like, you know, like somebody who the scriptures say that he was going to have a temple, but really it was fulfilled that this temple would be Jesus. Imagine living that life. I mean, he he wasn't even going from just being a shepherd boy. He was going from being a belittled shepherd boy. Like yeah. his, his brothers were not kind to him. <laughs> they were his, not. His dad, we see him being a little bit more kind. Like he never used harsh, what I saw, never used harsh words. He's just like, hey, go to your brothers. He was an errand boy, but. <laughs> yeah. And. No, he he did tra- make a huge transition. He also, like, not just the one, he transitioned from a shepherd boy to Saul's armor bearer for a little bit back to a shepherd boy and then to king later. Yeah. It, it, that's a huge transition for anybody. And I think it's important to know as we take on the call, we're going to go through transitions, period. Yeah, and everybody a- likes change. <laughs> yeah. No. And, uh, just following Jesus comes with transitioning. And, I, and that brings up a good point. Like, I, this just came up in my spirit. But um, transitioning from one place to, to the next is really what we go through in accepting Jesus. So we live a life that is of sin, mm-hmm. that is unrighteous, and we transform or we, you know, just basically go to this next stage of our life, which is salvation. And everything changes. Like, you don't have the same desires that you used to. And for myself, when I got saved, my friends began to fall off the face of earth. It seemed like because so many people begin to leave my life. And so this transitioning season for me, and then it happens even as a follower of Christ, you begin to walk into different stages. The Lord tells you to go to this place and because we're trying to be as obedient as possible all of this stuff just begins to happen and we begin to transition and it's like these places of the unknown. It's like God intentionally wants us to be um, not comfortable and that's hard for me. Like I'm like, Lord, just give me a pillow and a blanket. I'll be good. You know, but that's not how it works <laughs> out. I just took naps. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus did too. But <laughs> no, but it's, it, yeah. Like you said, in the state of uncomfortable, I had recently, last Sunday, I preached a sermon on Gideon and like speak of uncomfortable man and <laughs> went from 33,000 to 300 people to take on an army it makes it makes no sense i would be pretty uncomfortable yeah just thinking about that it just brought something back to my memory did you know this is completely off topic it just this my brain sometimes did you know i mean we've both studied hebrew but i don't know if you actually like paid attention to this oh, I proverbs <laughs> proverbs 31 uh, talks about a virtuous woman. Did you know the word virtuous is the same word that's used for valor? Like what you would describe Gideon as? Yeah. Um, Dallas, why didn't we not preach that enough? Like <laughs> you think know. we just separate, like you think all flowers and rainbows and everything else, and but really is this bold warrior, I guess, army. Like we think those words for valor, like someone who's brave, someone who can take him on. Mm-hmm. And then long story short, it's just 
good. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's just this warrior for Christ. And then we describe women as that way. I know you're not a woman, but I just, no. if you're a man of valor, I'm a, I'm a virtuous woman. You know what I mean? So we're going to, sorry, I had to throw that in there. It really would not leave my mind. I lost my train of thought because I was like, did you know? <laughs> Love the Bible. Anyways, transitioning. <laughs> you wouldn't be a theological studies major if you... I guess not. I, I love the Bible. I, I mean, I love the Bible. I really do. I love Jesus more. Sometimes, you know, the Bible stress me out in school, but... Yeah, it's hard to make a, a differential between the two sometimes because we have to look at it so much. Yeah. I think um, for my... Tra- I mean, let's talk about transitioning out of, like, school, too. I think mm-hmm. even transitioning out of school um, in the ministry, that was hard for me to find that balance again. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to study for school because I stepped into ministry while I was still in school or I'm still stepping into that being able to do school but also our personal devotional time with Jesus and then ministering on top of that because you have what a lot of people don't realize is is um, when you step into a ministry call when you step into uh, being able to accept the call of God on your life whether no matter what that is in some way, shape, or form, you're going to be called to proclaim a gospel, mm-hmm. more than likely. Um, you're called to try to expand the kingdom of God. You have to know the word. But if you're ever in a pastoral, evangelist, prophetic, um, five-fold ministry basis, teaching, um, preaching, like any any of those things, you are called to know the word, like aside from your personal devotion time. Yeah. And when you're in school, you're doing ministry mm-hmm. and your personal time, it all weighs like it, it, it weaves together and mm-hmm. it's confusing sometimes. It does get confusing. And it's also sometimes I've found myself get to the point where like, I, I know it's horrible, but <laughs> I've thought before, I don't want to read right now. Like yeah. I, I have read so much of the Bible in the past, past little bit because I've been studying for this. I've been studying for school. I, and it, sadly, the part that normally gets nixed because I don't have due dates on it is my daily devotion. Yeah. And I, I, need, I do, I do need to be better about it. And it's No, just, but you're not alone in that because I understand that completely because it's hard for me because you spend all day, like really all day. This is our mm-hmm. jobs on top of like, it's our job to proclaim the gospel. It's our job to be students. It's our job to seek out Jesus, right? And I mean, I take it as a job. I know a lot of people don't take it as a job, but I feel like it's my duty. Oh no, ministry, even if you're a part-time minister, it's a full-time job. Yeah, no, but I mean like personal life, like some people don't see it as a job, but for me, I personally, I'm like, it's my duty to know Jesus. Mm -hmm. He knows me. So I'm gonna take my time to know the Lord, you know? So I I struggle personally um, with that time, like, being able to manage that time and not get overwhelmed by everything else going around, Mm -hmm. but be able to pursue. And I think that's where we can get to this point of like how to know the word versus how to live by the word. Because I'm a living proof. You can read the word all day long Uh and forget what you read. Because we do that as True. students. We do it as students. We're reading all day long about all these different stories. And you can think we know the Bible uh-huh. word by word. And we can <laughs> speak it. <laughs> like we're going to go into the original language. And we're going to separate it. <laughs> all exegesis. <laughs> like, you know, 
And we're gonna we're gonna ice Jesus. Really, we're over here googling scripture. I know. So like, <laughs> remember stuff. We're trying to remember all of this stuff, and it's like, how do we get to a place where we can, you know, live by the word to such an extent that we're able to, you know, you get what I'm saying? That we're able to live by the word, yet study the word to understand it, to be able to teach it others, and that is hard. You want to talk about transitioning into that? <laughs> That's a I haven't figured it out. If anybody knows how to, no, please turn, let me know. Turning in that final paper in August can't come fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, trust me. I know. I'm done. <laughs> I'm just, I'm over it. So, yeah, it is it's extremely, extremely hard to balance all of those things. And that's a big, that was something that was huge for me to transition into. Because I still haven't figured it out all the way. And I'm still trying to figure it out. And I constantly go back and forth. Um, I was talking with, actually... Dallas's sister <laughs> last night and um, I was telling I was telling her I find it so hard because you're proclaiming this gospel so much like you're like I'm gonna I'm just gonna live by the word and people see you as this Christian and it's like you're not supposed to stumble you're not supposed to fall oh. and I'm tr- I'm trying my hardest not to yeah and that's where like I talk about this all the time but that's where the deliverance and that's where everything else comes in but we have to do the work to not fall back into the that place until it becomes not natural for us to do it anymore. You know what I mean? And so that's like what you were talking, you and I were talking earlier when we said ministers and people looking at ministers, we forget that they're people. Yes. And that we're going to stumble. We're going to, we can try our hardest and still live like Christ, but we can't hold ourselves. We can't hold people and other people to the same standard yeah. as Christ. Like, do we want to live like that? Yes. Do we always want to strive for that? Yes. But we're people. We're going to fall short. Yeah. And that's where the, the scriptures say that the righteous fall seven times when they get back up. Right. And and that's not to promote falling. That's no, not. No, say, that's not by any stance. Because, uh, I mean, even Paul says, therefore, since grace abounds, should we continue on sinning? He says, of course not. We should not. <laughs> Like that's just, that's just an abuse of grace. Yeah. And don't keep on like doing, don't keep on farting. Don't keep on drinking. Don't keep on doing all this (laughs) stuff just because you got saved and you're like, well, the rights is false. You know what I mean? (laughs) No, that's not what we're saying. We're saying that don't beat yourself up so hard when you fall. Cause I know during these transitional seasons, seems like that's the most when you want to fall. Just being real, like, cause you're at your weakest point. You're at this point of where you don't know how to go any further with God. Like you, you don't know, like you're like, God, I'm trying to do what you're calling me to do, but I don't know what to do. (laughs) So it's like, I'm just stepping out in faith in this. And, um, we just talked about, I talked about with Nick, you know, Nick, and we were talking about how, um, we've always preached this message about like these detours, detour, like detour. But the reality of it is, is that God wants us to go through the, if it's straight and narrow, it's like a straight road. We're supposed to go through these detours where it's rocky, where Mm -hmm. where the road is broken, where all of these different things are happening because he wants us to trust him in these seasons where we don't know how we're gonna walk on this road, right? Yeah, And that's so hard for me to understand, especially in transition. Um, I know when I, when I first left, um, left home to move to Springfield almost three years ago now, I moved up here and I remember telling my mom, I was like, uh, Hey, so 
um, I'm gonna move to Missouri. And she was like, <laughs> No, you're not. I was like, But yes, I am. Like the Lord has told me to go and study. And at the time, I was still a pre med student. Yeah, I didn't even apply as a Bible major or anything. Um, but the Lord spoke to me then after, and He was like, I actually. I haven't called you in this direction. I've called you to be. A I honestly, student. I always forget that you were pre-med because <laughs> I've always seen you as Bible student. Yeah. So like, I remember when the Lord told me that I was just like, what in the world am I doing? I have no idea. So even throughout school, the entire time through my bachelor's year, I would struggle. And I said all the time to y'all, I'd be like, it's like I'm rerouting my brain because yeah. I knew all I knew was science and math. And then the Lord was like, well, actually, I want you to read for 10 hours a day. No, it never <laughs> was 10 hours a day. But it felt like it was a lot of reading. And, and yeah. especially when I got into my master's, it's like, read, 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 write, write, write. And I found out I was good at it. Like, it was a gift I didn't realize I had. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was not an easy transit. It was something that completely changed who I am. But that's what transitioning is, right? It's mm-hmm. the change, changing who you are and how you're going to step out of that. So it's just... It's crazy to me. It's, it genuinely is crazy to me walking through that transition. I know also that she transitioned out of singleness into marriage. That's like a, that was like a a big part. Honestly, sometimes that's probably harder <laughs> than the moving to Tennessee yeah. part. Yeah, but you, for, I guess for not only ministry, but for marriage, your transition out of Springfield, out of everything that you know, you transition into this whole nother life. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you can talk a little bit about that and kind of like expound on that, because I think for me, it's humbling to watch you in that state. Because uh-huh. I, know, I know what it's like to leave your family and not get to see them all the time. Um, and I know how distant it feels. So if you if you want to, you can talk about a little bit about that. One thing that kept rolling in my head was and uh, in Genesis where it says, therefore, because of this, a man shall leave his family and cleave to his wife. And so it it's obviously, it's been difficult at times because we may have had a lot of the same interests, but we are very different people. Mm-hmm. And so one, I am not as cleanly as she is on the straight, co- not going on the spiritual side of things yet. <laughs> I, am, I am not as cleanly as she is. And that has produced some squabbles a couple times <laughs> and uh not just that it, it's just l- learning how to live with live with someone mm-hmm. and like sure we've had roommates and stuff but this isn't a it's not a normal roommate like it's it's someone you're going to spend the rest of your life with and you're like i can actually be open and honest with this with this person about everything so that's what the approach I've tried to have when we have squabbles. It's like, I'm going to tell you exactly how I'm feeling because when I can finally get it out, I process things internally. So it takes me a little bit. But once I get to it, I want to tell you how I'm feeling because if we don't communicate it, it's never going to be out in the open. I mean, you can't read brains. So, yeah. And was, I mean, I understand there was a lot of difficulties there, but how, how much of a, like, would you say how difficult it was to transition in and out? Do you think it just flowed a little bit naturally? I know I could probably answer for Sarah. She'd probably say no. <laughs> but for you, how was that? Because, I, I mean, for the guys who listen to this podcast and they're really praying for a wife to pursue in ministry and 
not mm-hmm. pursuing life and all of these different things. Like how, what is your advice to them to say it's going to be like easy versus hard or mm-hmm. how, how do you get to that well, place? I, I like, like we said, it's, it is newly married. It's only been six months. So I don't want to come off as those newly married people. Like marriage is the hardest thing you'll ever have to do while that 40 year old married, 40 year married people are sitting over there. Like you have no clue. (laughs) So, but there are, there are difficulties. Um, ministry wise, we've had, we've had some squabbles like it, it, nothing, nothing's going to really come easy. You will have to work for it. Mm -hmm. And so, like, cause we're both, we, we both lead worship and we're both the youth pastors. And so I feel like more of our squabbles come during worship because she is more spontaneous than me. And I am more, I want to sing it how it's written. Yeah. And so, which I, I'm not against spontaneous worship. I love it. And I will sing it. It's just, there's sometimes she goes off and I'm, I'm sitting there like I had no clue that was about to happen and I sang the wrong word. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so It sounds like it's, it's just a idea of how much different, like mm-hmm. difference there is in, um, I guess who you are. And that's something that's really hard. So it kind of goes back to this whole idea of every transition. <laughs> it changes who you are, whether it's through a person or whether it's through. No, no. Every transition and all my transitions have happened within the past year that she's speaking of. <laughs> so each one of them has changed me a little bit differently. And uh, they've all been for the better. But yeah, it, it is very interesting to see the results of it. Yeah. What would you even say to a person that is getting ready to go through a transitional period? And how would you uh, get them to or give advice to them to get them through that transitional period? Because I know that you're still in transition. Transition is not over for you. It it, it constantly never ends. Yeah. (laughs) We're actually feeling semi like we're about to go through another transition period soon. And so advice to someone is fully as much as you can. And I know it's hard and it's going to sound cliche when I say it, <laughs> but trust in God. Yeah. Like you can't get around it yeah. really. Cause you can't go through the transition without it. Because I know there were many times that like when I moved to Tennessee, I was sitting there like, what am I doing? Do I have, I have nothing here except this girl. And I was like, I was like, God, I'm trusting you. You told me to move here. You told me to come here. And so that's just one thing we, you have to heavily lean on. And I, I've heard it said, and I said it again last week, we trust God with our eternity, but we can't trust him with anything else. And so that's the question that I'm like, no, obviously if I can trust God with my eternity, I can trust, I should be able to trust him with everything. Yeah. Any, anything and everything. So That's that's my advice trust God. Yeah. Cause I, what makes me, what automatically came to mind whenever you said that was the scripture that says, um, lean not into your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge who he is. And I think what happens is for us that we become like Moses and we're making all these excuses. Like God says to go and do this. Well, God, I can't speak well enough. That's what Moses said. I could use that excuse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's how I feel. When the Lord told me to do this podcast or when he told me to step into this online platform, mm-hmm. um, even though I'm not seeking a platform, I'm not the type of person that would put myself out there. But all at the same time, 
as a person who God has instructed to go this route, I was like, God, I can't speak. I mean, <laughs> my first <laughs> podcast I ever said, I was like, I sound like cornbread, you know? Um, yeah, that made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. But the truth is, I I mean, I'm country. I come from this place where people, like, I'm not even the worst speaker. <laughs> and there's people that mm-hmm. really can't talk and, um, when it comes to ministry. And they're like, well, I don't sing the best. Or, God, I can't. I don't have enough funds to do this. Or, mm-hmm. I know you've placed this idea in me, but nobody's going to let me do it. Like, it's going to go badly. And this, that, and the third. And <laughs> even with my conference coming up, one of the fears yeah. that I really had to bind and cast out was this idea nobody's going to show up. Like, I'm going to have this yeah. conference and nobody's going to show up, you know. And um, the Lord began to work on me in those seasons because I had to learn how to lean not yeah. on my understanding, but understand that I can trust God. And that is something is at the end of the day, when God does what God does, I can be like, this was all God. And that's the purpose of it. That's why we go through these different challenges. That's why we go through life, really, is so that we can say, God brought me out of this. God was my grace. And it's all for his glory. Yeah. So I think we sometimes feel as Christians in that we don't understand that. That reason we walk through suffering and we walk through a broken life and we walk through difficulties, I think New King James Version of Matthew, I think it's Matthew chapter seven, where it talks about straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the word, but in New King James Version, like the actual translation of that, it says uh, straight and narrow and difficult is the way. And so because it says that in that way, it just made me think, and it blew my mind because it was just like, wow, it's a difficult life. It's a mm-hmm. difficult thing that we're going to do. It's, it's difficult. It's not easy. And so it made me personally just look at it like, okay, God, this is going to be difficult, but I give it back to you. And so that blows my mind each time. But all right, that was pretty, uh, that was really good. Thank you for coming on and hearing your heart in that. Um, (laughs) We're definitely praying over you guys for your transitioning and the next season. I'm excited for you. I'm really excited for you guys. <laughs> just, it makes me so excited to see what God's going to do through you and Sarah. I just know he has big plans for you. So we love you guys. We'll see you later. Peace.